In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's one verse, it's one amazing uh, statement for us to ponder tonight. God with us. I wonder who is going to be with us this Christmas. For many, it will be family and friends who will be with us. Of course, sadly, for some, no one will be with us. It's true, isn't it? Christmas uh, can be the happiest of times, but it also can be the saddest of times. It reminds me of the opening lines of uh, that Charles Dickens novel, Tale of Two Cities, which you might be familiar with. It says, it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Christmas can be a bit like that, can't it? Why is that? I think there is, isn't there, within us, each of us, that strong desire to be with others, with mum, with dad, with with grandparents, with aunties, uncles, with old friends and new friends. And yet, if we're honest, we know we can't be with people forever. Time with people runs out eventually. Gosh, that sounds a bit gloomy, doesn't it, for a Wednesday uh, carol service, you're thinking. But yet, it is true, and it's precisely why the baby Jesus is good news. Because he is God with us, so that we should never be alone. Um, I'm a particular fan of the 1980s music scene. Uh, I know I don't look old enough. 
but uh, the police uh, wrote a song with these lyrics in it. Everyone I know is lonely and God so far away and my heart belongs to no one. So now sometimes I pray, please take the space between us and fill it up some way. Take the space between us and fill it up some way. There are people around us, we know, who are dreadfully, have that dreadful sense of space between us that needs to be filled. Why do we feel that way? Even at Christmas, with all the lights that are on and the, the food that is to be eaten and with the music on high, even when faced with all the possibilities of life, well, the Christian, for the Christian, this sense of space comes from an understanding that it is a world without God. In some ways, we have everything, don't we? But we no longer know what it is for. We have so much connectivity between us, don't we? But we're still dreadfully lonely in many ways. I agree with the writer Thomas Wolfe, the American writer who said this, the whole conviction of my life now rests upon the belief that loneliness, far from being a rare and curious phenomena, peculiar to myself and to a few other solitary men, is the central and inevitable fact of human existence. When we examine the moments, arts and statements of all kinds of people, not only the grief and ecstasy of the greatest poets, but also the huge unhappiness of the average soul, we find, I think, that they are all suffering from the same thing. The final cause of their complaint is loneliness. And so what do we do? Well, we try, don't we, to fill up loneliness... We cry out, I've got to find some things to fill up this void, the space between us. We fill it with stuff. We fill it with money. We fill it with qualifications. We fill it with relationships. And they can be good things, but no matter how hard we try, none of these can ultimately fill the space. And then we say to say, I know what we'll do. I need a change. I need a change of location. I need a change of career. I need a change of partner. We think the answer comes from change. But no, Christmas gives us the real answer. It comes with Emmanuel. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That, friends, is good news. He will be the one who fills us up, the space between us. You see, it's not religion that fills the gaps. It's not an ideology that fills the space. It's not honest endeavor. The only way to fill that space and that longing is with the person of Jesus Christ. The good news of Christmas is that space which is between us and a holy God, between a holy God and sinful humanity, just like you and me, 
God has lowered that bridge into the space, into the gap. Jesus has become that bridge. He fills up the gap so God could be with us. That is the good news of Christmas. I wonder if there's any gaps in your life. You know what? I know there's gaps in my life. Loneliness in a world of activity, in a world of entertainment, in a world of people. If only I could find a way to take up this space. Well, here it is. God has lowered a bridge in the person of Jesus Christ. He came and he hung on a cross to save us from our sin. And on that cross, he explained to humanity, to you and me, that he understands that loneliness. Because on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He understands what we feel. Jesus looks into our lives, beyond the Christmas jumpers, the smiley faces, the tinsel and the trimmings, which I love, by the way, and says... I know you're desperately alone. And neither your success, your position, your hopes or your dreams can close the gap. Actually, only I can do that because I'm God with us. In uh, John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says these amazing words. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I suppose the question is, will we follow? Will we follow him? Will we let him be with us? Will we let him plug the space between us? I wonder what you think is the worst thing that could happen on Christmas morning. Well, the worst thing, let me tell you, the worst thing that can happen is the absence of batteries. <laughs> Believe me, as, as a, a dad who has four children, I know how badly wrong this can go. Batteries. What kind of people would forget the batteries? And of course, you try to convince your children that the toy still works, you know. Uh, Nice try. And they kind of look at you with a very blank expression. You forgot the batteries. Don't mess with me. (laughs) Of course, no power, no connection. There's nothing, is there? And they kind of... Say, don't fob us off with pretending. And so, you, of course, you scrabble around and you, you try and get some batteries from the remote control that no longer works anyway and try and make the, work, the toy work. Well, in a, in a little way, it's, it's a bit like the message of Christmas. In this sense, you need to be plugged in. You need to be plugged in. You know, the awareness of a, of a power source does not send power through the mechanism, does it? A general awareness of it doesn't make it work. It only works when it is plugged in. 
And I suppose the question for each of us is, are we plugged in to Emmanuel, into him who is the light of the world, who promises that when you follow him, you'll never walk in darkness, you'll never be alone? Or are you just vaguely aware of the power source? He's the only one who can fill the space. Jesus Christ, God with us in our time of awake and asleep, with us always. Now, I was thinking about uh, the illustration from uh, uh, the writer Dorothy Sayers. I don't know whether you've come across Dorothy Sayers before. She was a crime writer. She was one of the first women to graduate from Oxford. She wrote detective novels uh, and famous for short stories about an aristocrat, uh, an amateur sleuth by the name of Lord Peter Whimsey. Uh, she was, by her own admission, she says, not a particularly attractive lady. Anyway, about halfway through the series of short stories about Lord Peter Whimsey, a new character appears in the stories. A woman by the name of Harriet Van. And guess what? She just happened to be one of the first women to graduate from Oxford, a writer of mystery fiction, not particularly attractive, and she and Lord Peter fall in love. They solve mysteries together, and they live happily ever after. And a lot of Dorothy Sayers' uh, scholars believe what, what she did was she looked at the world she had created. She looked down and she looked at the world she'd created in story and looked at the man she had created and fell in love with him and wrote herself into the story because he was so lonely in the story and she solved the problem with herself. Do you see, do you realize the claims of, Christian, of Christmas is infinitely more wonderful than that? Because Christmas means God looked into the world he'd created. He looked into the story he has written and he saw us and he loved us. He saw our loneliness. He saw our mess and he wrote himself in. Emmanuel. God with us. He rode himself into a world, into our world, not just to embrace us, but to die for us. That great and glorious God in a smelly manger. That's who the baby was. He lost his peace so we could have everlasting peace. That is good news. Emmanuel, God with us. With us in the sense of our loneliness. With us in our hopes and our longings and our dreams. With us in the ups and in the downs of life. With us through thick and thin. It's almost Christmas. Five sleeps, 
Four sleeps, five sleeps. Don't be alone. Emmanuel, may Emmanuel be with you. Let him fill the space and lead you into the fullness of life. Amen.